genre. Back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and accept Spider-Man 3 one shower time minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Father David Mowry from fatherdavidmowry.com. Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Uh, welcome back. And, Good to uh, be back. Thanks so much for having me this week. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's been Absolutely. delightful. Uh, and of course, today we are wrapping up the week with Minute 105, which starts with uh, the, the symbiote uh, uh, going in his mouth. Um, like, it's just, that's what it starts with. It goes in his mouth. It goes in his mouth. Uh, and it ends with uh, Peter going to answer the door, but then the, the door handle falls off. Um, so Ugh. it's so a bummer. What does yeah. the symbiote feel like as it goes down your throat? Oh no! I don't know. I don't know because it's oh. it's enough that he's he's gagging and trying to throw it up. Yes. Um, oh, he, I hate he's it. like trying to throw it up, and then like at some point it just like releases some endorphins, and then he's like into it. Uh, I imagine yeah. it's, it's like you remember uh, Gak. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's like that, like really stretchy and viscous, but also you know kind of sticky and and real yeah. stringy like uh, that. Yeah. Uh. I, like, I wonder, like saltwater taffy. No, like, I think I think it'd be a little looser than that. I think it'd be like maybe like um, almost like a syrup, maybe like just like slightly more solid than a, like something between a syrup and Jello, like living molasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spider Man so. Three, living molasses. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know, like, given the pace of this movie, <laughs> sure, sure. Well, there's an aspect to the the symbiote where it almost feels like. Um, like, you know how when, like, a muscle tenses up, it gets, like, firmer? And then when you relax, it's, like, soft? Yeah. It's almost like when it's looser, it flow. It can flow almost like a liquid. But when it's really, like, trying to do a, a grab on you, it's really, you know, taffy right. firm. So I, I feel like these, these initial, like, um, tendrils that go into the mouth are probably firm and horrible. But when it's trying to, like, go in in there, it's probably um, more jello-y. Uh, yeah. And why and why does it need to go in? It didn't need to do that for Peter. You know? It's gonna make those Tfers. Tofers Tfers. Yeah. Tofers Tfers. Coming next on CBS. Tofers Tfers. When out of work those big old pearly whites that that Eddie gets are Yeah. Those look at those chompers, man. Yeah. Yeah. He should, Topher, uh, <laughs> he should play a vampire in something. He should. Yeah. I, I like, I mean, he, he certainly has a lot of fun in the like evil, like demony sphere in this yeah. movie. Um, yeah. Uh, it's really, it's outside of his 70 show wheelhouse. So he gets to do something different. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Stretch a bit. And that's yeah, with that, with that face, gosh, you would think you've been a shoe in for twilight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's like a lot of like relatives of uh, vampires and that oh, yeah. like by the by the last couple movies there's like 
dozens and dozens of vampires. You thought you think you could have slotted him somewhere. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is a vampire in that. Rami Malek. Um, yeah, Rami Malek's a vampire in the Twilight movies. Sorry, the first uh, name I thought of was Freddie Mercury. It's like Freddie Mercury oh, was a vampire. <laughs> <gasps> they explain so much. Yeah, probably. Um, Rami uh, Malek's a vampire in those. Uh, um, the Pie Maker from uh, Lee Pace. Yeah, Lee Pace is a vampire in those movies. Why am I Ridiculous. the one who knows all the actors' names? This is usually the opposite. <laughs> What's happening? What bizarre Next season, Twilight Minute. <laughs> it's Friday. I don't know. It's just it's, it's how the vampires work. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, yeah. So the 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 goop is uh, getting all over him. It's it's sort of like uh, like sucking into him off of the floor, uh, which is which is interesting. And he's in this. Uh, he's on all fours. Yeah, uh, the pose that he's in uh, when he is trying to sort of retch it out of his throat. And then by the by the time he retches the second time, he like has stopped and has sort of like calmed down. And then he, that's when he looks up and he's like, actually, I like this. Oh, boy. Um, Me so I'm wondering like I'm wondering what changes here. Like what what is it just an endorphin rush or is there something else going on that? you know the the symbiote is uh like what it what is how is it affecting him in this moment that is changing his mind um, maybe now here's here's my no prize answer um, okay yeah so yeah. the the symbiote shows up on earth and the first human being it bonds with is peter parker so mm-hmm. therefore the symbiote doesn't know anything about human physiology uh and brain chemistry and all the rest but by with all the time it's spent with peter it's learned the human psych uh psychology and Mm. so when it bonds with eddie it can fast track the bonding process because it knows more about human beings now Mm. oh that's interesting so it it, the the as soon as it gets more enough of itself on him Mm -hmm. it can make him uh more amenable to it Right. Yeah, because a symbiote would be have a vested interest in the host not getting rid of it and so it wants eddie to feel Mm -hmm. as good as possible Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that is um that is interesting, an interesting change that they made about with with the um the symbiote uh from the comics is that uh in in the comics the symbiote believes that it's soulmate, that it's it's true pairing, it's OTP if you will. Um <laughs> is Peter. Oh dear. That Peter is the absolute perfect specimen of a a host. For it, and that uh, Eddie is just like a, a consolation prize, and um, that it is using Eddie basically just to get back to Peter, uh, because that's that's who it really wants to bond with is Peter. And, um, you know, this is something that Eddie constantly, this is why Eddie constantly feels this feeling of inadequacy and, and feels threatened by Peter, even when he is Venom, is because he knows deep down that if Peter just snapped his fingers and said, you know, come to me, symbiote, the symbiote would jump right off of Eddie and go straight to, to Peter in a heartbeat. Wouldn't even think Oof. twice about it. And every so um, often, Eddie catches the symbiote just looking at a picture of Peter. It keeps him yeah. a locket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, it's it's an interesting change that the, the symbiote here seems to feel that its OTP is Eddie. Um, 
Mm. that like, oh, this is the guy I want. I don't want the good guy. I want the guy that I don't, that is already a bad dude and that that I can just take that bad stuff and make it even worse. Yeah, um, I don't want the human being who is clearly physically superior in every possible way to this one. No, right. no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, but it does, it is an interesting choice. Uh, and I do, I think I do like it more, uh, if only because I've never really liked that part of the, um, the symbiote storyline in the comics is that it always, it's always preferred Peter, uh, because Mm. then it's just like, well, (laughs) why are you with him? Like, why, like dump the symbiote eddie like you're too good for the symbiote like i just feel like i want to have like a like a a conversation with eddie about his uh, relationship to the symbiote um but also interesting in terms of that uh that relationship is that uh, something that was revealed uh fairly recently in the comics uh is that the symbiote was actually manipulating eddie uh into believing things that weren't true uh, in a way of uh, gaslighting Eddie to stay bonded with him. Um, oh. And so, like, he manipulated memories. Uh, oh he manipulated him into believing he had cancer. Uh, so that like it be- so that Eddie would believe the only way that it, he would could survive is with the symbiote. Um, and it was this whole sort of gaslighting scenario where the symbiote, because of its past with Peter, it was constantly uh, uh, feeling like its host could leave it at any second. Um, and so it was doing things to Eddie to manipulate it into staying around because it was afraid that it, if he found out that like he didn't need the symbiote, that he would leave it behind. Um, it had like abandonment issues and therefore was like gaslighting its host, um, which was uh, sort of a, a very recent development. But that's also what could be happening with his uh, change of expression. Um, maybe there's there's something he's it's manipulating uh, Eddie's uh, emotional state, perhaps. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I have cancer. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or um, maybe it's the idea that like, I, again, the, the trick. The tricky thing about this movie's treatment of Venom is it's almost like asking you to do a lot of the explanatory work uh, in that, like, in the you comics... You have to know a lot about Venom before you see this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like, in the comics, it's sentient, and it has its own wants and needs, and, like, it absorbs the memories from its hosts, and uh, because it spent so much time with Peter, it has, like, a facsimile of Peter's superpowers that it can then confer on anybody else yada yada um none of that's really clear in this it's just sort of "Eh, we go with it and here's venom so in this moment if i if we continue the no prize uh vibe there could be the aspect that like uh, brock has never had any superpowers before um and as the as the symbiote is bonding with him and giving him like new strength uh you know maybe it's just him feeling new teeth yeah, yeah, just the thrill of like, yeah, look at these cool teeth and like all these strong muscles I have now. I always wanted to be a vampire. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> look. Oh, uh, yeah. Did, did he try that? He he like he jumps out of the church like, "Yes, I'm a vampire." He bites on someone's neck like, "Oh no, I'm not a vampire." <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I'm just a monster. I'm so oh. sorry. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, uh, oh, it's getting over. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the taste of this at all. Oh, this, oh look. It's terrible. 
we should go to the doctor. Because uh, <laughs> they're, I mean, speaking of you know, what he does next, you know, it, it does occur to me that at this precise moment, Peter is naked at the top of this bell tower. Yeah. And both the symbiote and Eddie know that. Yep. How does Peter get home in one piece? I, I have a lot of questions about how he gets home uh, because yeah. he is naked uh, in New York. Right, um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's not so unusual, is it's it? The, <laughs> it's, the, it's the missing Home Alone sequel. <laughs> Spider-Man uh, 3, three naked, naked in New York. York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, l- lucky for... Lucky he's the Sam Raimi version and he has the organic web shooters, so he's not without web slinging capacity but he's oh, just gonna man, but be do you really want a web sling free- in that condition <laughs> freewheeling it across town i don't know i guess maybe maybe he goes downstairs and finds the hoodie um oh yeah or uh or he like has to just jump from rooftop to rooftop like time it out really well to make sure nobody's seeing and then just like you can't go swinging in the <laughs> concrete canyons of manhattan anymore he has to be a <laughs> no. uh, Cat bur- a naked cat burglar getting back <laughs> oh, to his apartment. <laughs> Flitting from one artfully placed uh, steam pipe to the next. Yeah. Uh, Missed opportunity right there. That's I know, a I, I, you know, as much as I, I as I know that it would be inappropriate given the uh, the, the tone of what's happening here. <laughs> kind of talk um, about mood yeah. whiplash. Yeah. yeah, but it does it does leave me in a place of uh, of uh just wondering like what what like why 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 no explanation at all nothing you don't even want to like have him like reach over and like find some clothes up there or something i mean yeah we'd have questions about where the clothes came from but at least there'd be clothes yeah, yeah I mean, or- at least avengers gave us a fig leaf for how mark ruffalo got more clothes before he shows up <laughs> for the yeah. big battle exactly stun you got a condition uh yeah like <laughs> Even if he found like a uh, a blanket or something and wrapped himself up in it and got away, yeah, right, know. anything. Oh yeah. man, no! This is where the Stan Lee cameo should have been. Ah, <gasps> oh. Stan Lee finds Peter Parker naked, and you know that's where he gets like the clothes or the ride home or like some joke about New York or something. You look oh. like you're having a rough night. I'll help you out, type <laughs> <Yeah>. of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a it's a weird one. Um, but uh, <laughs> but my, uh, my but question the, remains that Venom is at the bottom of this tower and Peter's in no condition to fight back. Yeah, Peter why be wouldn't super it just dead? Go for him. Yeah, yeah. you would think you think that's what they're leaping toward. Like I don't know what they're leaping toward other than the camera. Uh, leaping toward a new bright future. I yeah, guess so. Topher, Topher gives us all an iPhone. Like, oh yeah, get a load of this. Check me yeah. out. Maybe he's just having like he he's he's got to have that sort of exploratory period um, with the sure. symbiote. Like he he wouldn't be in any in any like uh, uh, spring is a time when a young symbiote must find himself. Yeah, because yeah, I, I don't think he's I don't I just don't think he's uh, in any place to like start fighting anyone yet. He like barely understands. He just got this thing. He's like a um, newborn horse. He's just all awkward legs. He doesn't yeah. know how to move with yeah, that exactly. body. Yeah. What if we got a, a parallel scene of the like um, the bit in the first Spider-Man movie where like he learns he can climb walls and then goes like jumping across rooftops <laughs> and yelling woohoo and then he has to figure out how to web sling yeah and he c- comes up with other doofy things to say like tally ho tally ho <laughs> Shazam oh man Black Adam um, 
<laughs> there, there's another one there's another antithesis character yeah um, oh yeah yeah uh so so then we cut to um uh, one of hollywood's favorite staples uh this is this is this is like the metaphor to end all metaphors in every hollywood movie uh hollywood just never gets sick of this metaphor it's 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 the absolute favorite and it is uh, uh the sin shower yeah uh, uh, this is it's either a shower or it's rain. Um, it's usually one or the other. But man, uh, the Hollywood loves this thing. This is this is Hollywood's favorite <sighs> metaphor, without a doubt. Look, nothing wrong with a good baptism metaphor. I'm I'm here <laughs> for it. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> right. fair. That's fair. Fair enough. <laughs> it is a, a um, maybe a rebaptized type yeah. of vibe here. Yeah, that he's gotten rid of the uh, the. The, inf- the demonic influence and uh, is coming back into light somehow. Uh, my only issue with it is just the sheer length of it. <laughs> we we basically spend half of this minute, half of all of the footage we have to talk about today is just Tobey Maguire in a shower. Yeah. We just sit uh, on this. Just getting right, well, right, water. Let's get into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's do it. So you see, in New York, shower curtains normally were produced by... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> what, what I want to know is, what what is he looking at? So he opens his eyes, and then he looks down and notices that he's out of soap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's brought back to reality and uh, distinct poverty, as it were, because mm-hmm. he's, he may have running water. He may have clean, heated running water. Uh, but he did not have all the toiletries he should have. Like he, he didn't yeah. stock up uh, the last time there was a sale. What I love about this shot in general is, I guess, picturing the day because, like, they're obviously just in a in a like a warehouse. Like it just it's just like black background. They've just put up a shower curtain around him, and then they're just oh, yeah. spraying water on him. He's not in a shower. He's just in a he's just standing. Like he's on a sound on his stage. Mark. Yeah, on yeah. the soundstage. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Well, it's ridiculous. Him. Yeah, there's he like, looks there's like he's like a... in the sunken place. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this very like smooth tilt that's happening as as we go through the shot. It's almost like they had it on the end of a crane arm or something. The camera. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a very elaborate, very nonsensical day for Toby. It's yeah. Just. I got Definitely. what's the scene we're doing, right? Well, I'm yeah, just I just here. getting out of the shower. Oh, well, Peter, what a day, huh? <laughs> uh, the worst Played part about this. at a jazz club. That was weird. Hit my worst... girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the worst part about this is that you know that that water was ice cold. Yeah. The poor guy. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't use hot water because it'd steam up the... Steam up the lens. Steam up the lens, so it's got to be ice cold water. Um, that is miserable. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Commitment to At least craft. he was well compensated, right? How, yeah, how much well, did he make for this movie? <laughs> it's like $40 million. $40 million. <laughs> what was Tobey Maguire's career after this movie? What what was he in? I don't remember him uh, popping the, up again. The only like big notable thing was The Great Gatsby. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it. Oh, he hasn't really yeah. done anything since then. Yeah, uh, he did like a couple like weird TV projects here and yeah. there. But like one with nothing. Brothers. Was, this, was that after this? I or think between. so. Okay. I can 
if I think somebody it was, else I think says it was something, after I could this. look at it. Um, I mean, we're we're kind of we're we're probably trying to save uh, what happened to everybody afterward for like credits week. Um, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, just so we Still have stuff enough. to talk about. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, not a lot. I, he's he's basically uh, all like unofficially retired from acting. Um, is it seems. Uh, but I guess when you do three of these and you make the money that he made on them, I guess you don't really ever have to work again if you don't want to. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brothers was after this, 2009. So. Okay. So Brothers, Great Gatsby, and then end of list, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I don't want to eat your lunch for uh, credits week. So. Yeah. <laughs> Save all that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really it's a really long shot. Uh, and I, I get why it's here, but it does go on for a really long time. And, um, it does have that awkward beat at the end of it that I'm, I'm, I'm a little baffled by. Yeah. I also feel like if it's meant to represent what it does represent, I don't know why (laughs) it's not like visually a bit more, um, light or positive or airy or any of those things. It gets, it's still very serious business gray and blue toned vibe to well, it. Maybe, Very maybe somber that's, music. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Maybe the maybe the shower just isn't making him feel better because it's not it's not washing away what he did. He still did it. Okay. Ooh. And that's why mm. he still feels bad when he's like sitting here at the end of it. It's just like well, mm. oh, that shower didn't work. Um I still I still feel like garbage. I, I'm a garbage <laughs> man. <laughs> well, at least it got the color out of his hair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but I don't think we've seen this angle on Peter's this exact angle on Peter's uh, bedroom before. I, I kind of like the the goofy position of the TV and everything. Yeah, it's I never like, even noticed you had a TV. Yeah, do you not think much he got it one. from no. the repair shop? Like, oh yeah, probably. <laughs> probably something. Mr. He... Dikovich's TV repair. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Um, but uh, and he just like it took him a long time to get it because he was like, "What? You have money for TV? You have no money for rent?" <laughs> like, how am I going to see my girlfriend's commercial that she booked if I don't have the TV, Mister Ditkovich? Like, help me out. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll, I'll make a payment plan for you, and then he's got. <laughs> <laughs> he's got but, two rents he has to pay: one for his room, oh, and one man. for his TV. I don't know, man. Maybe so the maybe the, the TV maybe the TV comes with the apartment. It's like part of the part the of the deal. Oh, yeah, it's okay. his apartment. He comes with yeah. a TV. That's pretty nice. <laughs> Honestly, so, so yeah. he's got these these pictures by the police scanner. Uh, yep. MJ and I assume of Aunt May, and looks like maybe there's one with Harry, uh, Uncle Ben. I, yeah, is there one of Uncle Ben somewhere? I'm just I'm then I'm just wondering what the picture is above the TV. I mean, you, you can hardly see it; it's in profile, but oh, it yeah. almost looks like it's a picture of Peter from like grade school. Yeah, <laughs> just to keep himself humble, you know. I guess so. <laughs> Remember where you came from, you dork. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because he's much cooler now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, did you guys see that jazz club? I mean, mm. he's, a t- he's the coolest. The coolest. Yeah. yeah, how dorky was Peter Parker as an awkward middle school kid? Oh, oh man. It would have been man. so painful. Because oh, yeah. he'd been yeah, so braces. sincere. 
Yeah. You would have no idea how painfully awkward he was. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining him like carrying around like a, a book about electron microscopes or something. I'm like <laughs> yeah. tripping yes. in the hallway. Oh, yeah. For sure. His pants are way too big for him and they're like cinched down with a belt. His, ugh, man. Poor guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, I, I really think he's in a place of not really knowing what to do next. Like, you know, like mm. what, 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 what am I, what am I doing? You know, I mean, he, he kind of reminds me of, um, you know, the few times that I've been in, uh, really like extended relationships that then end suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like this is kind of how you feel. You're kind of just a little lost, you know, mm-hmm. and, and set a bad breakup with a symbiote. Yeah. 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 Basically. I mean, I mean the symbiote, but like, but you know, MJ also, I think is part <laughs> oh, of yes. it. Oh uh, yeah, of course. MJ. Right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, you the, know, oh, of course the emotional core of this movie. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> but you know, there's the, there's the, uh, he had sort of gone into this place of denial of just like, ah, well, I don't need her. Like, whatever. I've got the symbiote. So, you know, he was just sort of living it up and, and doing his thing. And then it it's it's all sort of come crashing down. And now he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that crutch anymore. And he all he has is just his own thoughts and just dealing with the things that he's done. And with the fact Oof. that he has no one to share those things with anymore because he doesn't have MJ either. Um, and granted, he doesn't know that she, her breaking up with him was in a manipulation by Harry. He doesn't know that, but uh, he does, however, uh, know that he hit her. So yeah. the, the idea of ever going back to her after, you know, she already dumped him and now he hit her. I mean, yeah, he's going to be in a dark place with or without the symbiote. Yeah. He he also doesn't have Gwen because she realized he was using her. Right. And she bounced. Right. Because so. good for her. Gwen's not oh. an idiot. Right. No. And, and I think that he f- is in such a dark place that he's not thinking about reaching out to... One would never think to reach out to Aunt May because, like, you know, I feel like his thought process would be that Aunt May can't handle this conversation. Uh, mm. and mm-hmm. any, anyone else he would basically be using as a crutch, you know, like he couldn't go to Ursula, um, and, and no have way. her, have her cheer him up. Um, <laughs> Ursula is a total enabler. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's true. She made him all the cookies he wanted, uh, <laughs> with nuts, with nuts. with nuts. Um, and, and he doesn't have his best friend anymore. He lost him as well. So he just, yeah. he just feels like he has no one. I mean, granted, um, Aunt May's about to visit him, but uh, what? Yeah, thankfully, <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, uh, um, but but <laughs> it's it's you know he's in a place where he doesn't feel like he has anyone to turn to, and he's back in the place that he was in the middle of uh, Spider-Man Two, where he was just putting the whole world on his own shoulders and not yeah. sharing that burden with anybody. Um, yeah. After being able to share it with several people, and now. He can't share it with anyone uh, because he's he's pushed all those people away for one reason or another. It's not not a great spot to be yeah. in. Yeah. Poor guy. So maybe that's what he's realizing in the shower. Oh, um, okay, yeah, that's yeah. the 
Maybe that's why that shot's so long. It's, like, you know, it's clear yes. from the subtext if you pay attention. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I feel cleaner, but I don't feel any better. <laughs> it's that hard water, that's why. Yeah. That's, he needs a depression hoodie. He does. He does. That, he that'll does. pick him right up. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. There was a spare one back at the back at the church, man. He's Mostly just missing all free. the opportunities just by a couple couple Ugh. degrees. Anyway. Yeah. So the thing uh, I like about so at the very end of the minute we have the gag uh, with the the doorknob. The thing I like about that, um, other than it just you being the small gag after some pretty heavy stuff, I think it also kind of symbolizes Peter Parker coming back to himself. Yes. Because with with the symbiote, everything was going right, and that's in heavy air quotes in case you can't hear it. Yeah, um, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. But what does it profit a man to gain the whole world if he loses his soul? Um, I've read that somewhere. Uh, someone oh, said yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't, he, even though everything was going right, quote unquote, for him, he was not himself. He was you know, something he wasn't. He was putting on a, a facade. Now right. he's back to being Peter Parker. He's gotten rid of the symbiote. He's rejected that aggressiveness and that false power. And so now he's back to being a loser. <laughs> he's he's back to, to <laughs> being the guy that the universe dumps on all the time. But that's who Peter Parker is. And nothing goes right for him. But that's why we love Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just a good... It's also a good... Uh, we haven't had one of these moments in a while that I talked a lot about last season where... I like moments of the uh, the superheroic powers, like running aground of the mundane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, going to open a door and breaking it, breaking the <laughs> thing off in your hand. Uh, a, that could just be, you know, living in a very old building with terrible doorknobs. But also it just feels like a, another one of those things where, <laughs> oh, even the superpowers aren't helping you right now, buddy. They're just making things worse. Right. <laughs> right. Um, also, I, I, I can't help but point out that um, uh, Peter doesn't have much, but what he does have is two oven mitts. <laughs> He's got one oven mitt and then one of those like one of those ones that you like hold over. They're like the, the little pot oven holder? mitt towels. Yeah, yeah pot yeah, holder. Yeah. yeah, right. So he's got, he's got both things. Uh, <sighs> Good for him. Yeah. So, yes. you know. Some things are working out. Um, (laughs) I mean, the next question is whether he has an oven in that apartment or does he use that for the stuff that comes out of the microwave? I don't know. (laughs) That's a good, that's actually a good question. I don't think he has an oven. I think he has a hot plate. He has a little like stovey type setup over there. Maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe that's just for holding the like pot of ramen that he makes. Oh no. As he carries it back to his bed. Oh, He doesn't even get a bowl. He just holds the pot while it's hot and eats. Yeah, he's got two plates, but I don't see any bowls, so that that makes sense. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're dirty somewhere. That was something yeah. I that occurred to me for fairly often throughout the movie was that oh, you know, Peter and M- MJ are, are dating, but they're not living together. Hey, yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of encouraging. You know, I I kind of like that as a Catholic priest. That's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to see that. That's okay, but it's also it's obvious. Wow, MJ has a really nice place. I, I'm surprised that there hasn't even been the suggestion. Like, you know, Peter, I have a nice apartment. <laughs> Maybe we could split the rent on it. It could help both of you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is weird. Uh, it's, it's sort of been a fairly a, a, a recurring refrain this season about like, does does Peter even know what MJ's apartment looks like? Yes. <laughs> Has he yeah. ever been there? <laughs> yeah, MJ's always coming over to his place. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. I don't know. 
Um, all right. Well, I think I think that's all I've got for this minute. I mean, thirty seconds of this is of him just standing in the shower. So, <laughs> likewise, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right. Um, First appearance of Venom, though. We sure saw that. Yeah. Been doings. Yep. He's has some teeth. And hundred minutes into the movie, we got the main villain. Yeah. <laughs> a hundred and five minutes. Hundred and five. No. Uh, well, the one, the last thing I have is just one last uh, bit of Christ and the Cape. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Uh, so for for our Friday uh, conversation today, the last thing I want to talk about was uh, the idea of the theology of salvation. The fancy word for that is soteriology, from the Latin word Ooh. for soter, meaning to save or being nice. saved. Um, so how how is it that a superhero goes about saving, and what does that say theologically about it? Um, so oh. for Spider-Man in particular. Save it, at, le- at least in the Sam Raimi movies. I'm just going to limit myself to that. Uh, <laughs> saving the day for Spider-Man is always personal. There is always at the core someone that he loves who is in danger. Um, it's not about uh, saving the city so much as it is saving this person I love, who uh, in so doing, I will then save the city as well. Mm. Um, and there's... Uh, you know, there there is of course you know the acts of saving the random citizens and going into the burning building and and all the, those other feats of daring do, but in the the climactic moments in the narrative, it's about that personal relationship that Spider-Man has to the person that he's saving. So it, it mm. evokes that personal, particular love of God for every individual person. Uh, Jesus Christ is sent from the Father into the world to be our Savior, not for an abstract mass of humanity. Christ doesn't come to save humanity in general or as an idea. Christ comes to save you. He comes to save me in all our mm. particularity and all of our personalness. You know, it's you know, it's you know the idea of the firefighter who goes into the building for you to save you personally. Um, not just saving, you know, abstract idea of a person, but you know, whoever is trapped there in the the burning wreckage, hmm. and the that you know that is evoked by Spider-Man coming in to save this person individually and and having a relationship with the people that he saves. You know, we see it in the first movie with all the people cheering from the bridge as they're you know throwing stuff at Green Goblin or the people who uh you know pull Spider-Man's body out from the front of the train in Spider-Man 2. There's a relationship that exists between Spider-Man and the people of New York. And um you know I I keep doing this but the I, I the modern Marvel movies miss this uh, mm. in their in their eagerness to cram as many superheroes into a single movie as they can. You know, there's just isn't time for the heroes to develop relationships to the people that they save, or rather, in the modern in the MCU movies, the people that the superheroes save are other superheroes. That's, <laughs> that's you know that doesn't make me feel pretty good. Like okay, you're going to prioritize saving Hawkeye. Okay, that that's good. Great. Yeah, Hawkeye <laughs> needs to be saved. That that's good. What about me? Help! I'm being, I'm being drowned. Um, that's what I love about you know the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. There is that sense of relationship. 
Now, in terms of the act of salvation, you know, this is where superhero movies in general kind of fall down in, in, in terms of an ideal act of salvation because the primary tool that the superhero has in their utility belt to save the day is violence. Just good old face punching. Mm-hmm. And you really Might. can't save people through violence. It only perpetuates the cycle of violence. It's why the the image of Jesus crucified is the central image of Christianity because it shows how God saves. God doesn't save by rewriting existence. He doesn't save by just you know, hitting the restart button. He doesn't save by coming in and, and smiting everyone in his wrath. He comes in and accepts the violence that we perpetuate to ourselves and in all of our human weakness, all our human brokenness. Christ takes on all of that in the crucifixion, not just the physical pain, but the rejection, the isolation, the mockery, all the injustice that uh, that we do to one another as human beings. Christ takes that all on. He receives it all. He goes down even to death itself, and then he rises from the dead. To show that nothing is stronger than God's love, that God's love always brings life even in the darkest moments. So it's in that supreme act of nonviolence and that supreme act of sacrifice that God saves. And it's it's something that superheroes just can't do because uh, it, it, you know, the the drama of violence, the the high the, the, the clear expression of conflict that a a good old punch em up provides uh, is just it's too much in the expectation of our entertainment. Now, I will say that the one place where Spider-Man avoids some of that difficulty is in the end of Spider-Man 2. It's one of the reasons why I I think it's the best superhero movie of the modern era. Um, Mm -hmm. Because the way he saves Doc Ock is by talking to him, is by appealing to his better nature, reminding him of the lessons that um, Octavius himself was trying to teach Peter. And reflecting back to him the, the the use of intelligence and why uh, it's meant to be for the betterment of people and not for you know self-centered selfish projects, uh, and it allows you know Oct- Octavius not to die a monster but to die as a man to die as uh, someone using the gifts God gave him for good and not for evil. And that allows him to be ultimately redeemed at the end of Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man saves Doc Ock and enables him to be the good guy at the end of the movie. Mm. There's no redemption for Eddie Brock. <laughs> the, the, there's, there's, there's only uh, you know, the, the violence of the symbiote. And so the, the movie says like, oh, there are just some things you just have to punch a whole bunch. And <laughs> that, that's just ultimately not very satisfying to me. Uh, it uh-huh. was, it's a very tragic scene. I don't, I don't want to eat anybody's lunch when it comes to that scene towards the end of the movie. But you know, Eddie's demise is ultimately tragic and there's mm-hmm. just there's no sense of the same redemption arc there uh, kind of the same thing for sandman just because spider-man doesn't have the same relationship with him there's the healing and the reconciliation around it but there's no sense of uh sandman you know facing facts and saying okay well i'm willing to go to jail i'm gonna i'm gonna own up to to the mistakes that i've made no he, he blows away mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the wind at the end like okay bye sandman <laughs> Anyway, yeah. so that 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 soteriology of of superhero movies is always it's a tricky thing because uh, the the tools that superheroes use to save the day is ultimately something that isn't really going to end to the problems that created the the uh, the situation that needed saving from in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's similar to how there's an issue with like uh, justice in the the world of superhero dumb where. 
they they function better as metaphors than as like actual uh, behavior because I, I don't think anybody wants like violent street level vigilante justice to be the the best way that we have like restore order in our right. societies but uh, right, the, that's the, that's the lesson of all the the Netflix Marvel shows. Like, oh, I do not want Daredevil out on the streets. This is awful. Yeah, this is so bad for everyone involved. Um, I do. I think it was really interesting that you um, phrased the ending of Spider Man Two being um, one of the best examples of uh, a, a sort of doctrine of salvation in a superhero movie. Because when you said the ending of S- Spider Man Two, I didn't leap immediately to the death of um, Octavius. Yeah, I I went to the literal end of Spider-Man Two, where Mary Jane says, "Isn't it time somebody saved your life?" Yeah, and she, you know, becomes his his partner in life. And not yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I yeah, I hadn't I hadn't uh, scrubbed that far <laughs> through the movie. I, I got to <laughs> the scene with the villain, like, ah, oh, yeah, this this is really good. But yeah, oh, yeah. you're right that um, yeah. that partnering that that uh, being together with. The superhero because so often you know like superman has the fortress of solitude mm-hmm. he has to be right. alone in in his act of saving the world and i go oh, that's not how human beings operate of course he's not a human being he's from krypton anyway but <laughs> to have mary jane be this companion to peter is itself yeah an act of salvation mm-hmm. yeah yeah awesome. um that's uh really good stuff this week father david well, thanks. I'm thinking about doing this professionally, you know, yeah. all this God talk stuff. <laughs> you might have a future in it, bud. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm well, glad to hear that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us this week for a, uh, uh, like, like I said, when I invited you on, uh, I wanted you to come on for a week about a questionable prayer. And I think uh, I think you more than delivered on the promise of that. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it, it was an absolute pleasure, uh, <laughs> even though it, it, it did mean revisiting the movie that, that almost turned me off of superhero movies altogether. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's a that's unique fair. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, everyone uh, listening, uh, you know, if you want to hear more from uh, Zach and I or uh, other people at Dueling Genre and you, or you just want to help out, uh, you're going to want to go to DuelingGenre.com slash support, become a Patreon member over there. We just ask for $3 a month and then you will get the Weekend Bugle, uh, Zach and I's sort of extracurricular superhero show that we do exclusive for Patreon. Uh, and it's a lot of Spider-Man stuff, obviously, but it's uh, mixed in with other superhero related things. So check that out if you haven't already and uh, become a Patreon uh, member today again that's duelinggenre.com slash support and we'll be back on monday with minute 106 bye everybody bye <laughs>